Hello, everyone, and welcome to the fifth episode of the Back to Basics program with Rebel El Shalom. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about free will. When you make a decision, when you choose something, is it you actually choosing? Is it a free choice? Or are you just a robot programmed to make that choice? We are going to dive deep into that on today's episode. If this is your first time listening, I recommend you going back and listening to the previous episodes first. I'm Israel Yudkowsky. You are listening to the Foundations Podcast. So we are here for the fifth episode of the Back to Basics program with Rabbi Liel Shalom. Today we're going to be talking about free will, which is a huge topic. I've been uh, schmoozing about this with friends and talking about it and uh, for many, many years, something that I really have dealt a lot of time and thinking and dealing with. So I'm really excited to see what Rebbe has to say about free will. So Rebeliel, take it away. Thank you. Thank you very much. Yes, it is definitely one of the most, it's called a hot topic. It's a very hot topic. A lot of people want to understand it. Right, because it's it's very fundamental. It's something that uh, is the probably you would consider it the main thing of life because you know everything we spoke till now. Right, you're talking about God, and then you talk about purpose of creation, and choose and good and bad. Right, choosing between good and bad, and then there's this question: Hey, I'm choo- I'm choosing between good and bad. Am I really choosing? And a lot of people have doubt doubts a lot of doubts and we're going to see we're going to break it down a little bit doubts about am i really making a difference and just to jump to the emotional part of it for a second it's like i'm working so hard this world is hard i'm everything seems here so important i have a goal i have a mission in life but i have this thing tickling me tickling me in the in the back of the brain is like am i am i actually doing something it seems to be that everything is predetermined, right? Um, maybe we're just robots uh, doing this or doing that. So I'd like to start trying to understand this topic to start with a very, very simple, basic question. And that question I'll direct to you, Israel, and to the listeners. You can ask yourself, okay? I put in front of you an ice cream Vanilla ice cream and chocolate. Okay. What would you go for? Me personally, I would. Yes, uh, you, Israel. Talking about you. For, uh, I would say 80% of the time I would go for chocolate. Okay. So let's say it just happened. Okay. And you chose the chocolate. You're enjoying yourself right now, licking the ice cream. Is it good? Pretty good. Yeah. It's I got good. to say. Thank okay. you, Rabbi. So imagine yeah. it's happening. Did you practice your free will? Is that free will? Did you, right now, you had a choice between, I did not suppress any of the sides, right? I didn't push your hand towards the vanilla. I didn't tell you. They're both like equal. They both are looking great the same. I told the guy in the ice cream store to make it identical, okay? Now, by you going and choosing the chocolate, you chose the chocolate, right? It yep. happened. Is So, here... You practice free will. Is that free will? Here, you had a choice to go for the vanilla. In the same 
percentage uh, you could have went for the uh, chocolate and vice versa. And you ended up with the own decision going and choosing chocolate. Is that free will? Here. I, 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 I we, don't want to jump ahead we, the steps too second. fast, but, but I'll start. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Thank you for listening, everyone. We will see you again next week. No. Um, I don't want to jump in too fast, but like on first half, like, yes, I was like free choice. You know, I had, I got, I had the option to choose chocolate or vanilla and I decided to choose chocolate. So that is free will. Yeah. I mean, so it sounds like, yeah. You see, the problem with that is, um, dive deep into the choice and I'm going to make an argument with that. The argument with that is, um, go deep into that choice and doesn't have to necessarily be about chocolate and vanilla. Um, there is either one, and this is going to make just the question bigger, and from there we're going to try to move on. And uh, okay, so you know, once you once you chose that choice, let's dive into and try to understand why did he choose it. I want to argue and say uh, that if you look into it, and you know, you can try it in real life. Dive deep into it, and you'll see it either comes from one of two um, sources, or maybe both of them combined, either from your nature or from your nurture. Now, it's just, I'm saying something very simple, right? Well, but what are what are these two? Nature from your teva, or nurtures from your surrounding, from your sviva. Okay, it's like kind of past experience, things that happened to you, people exactly. said to you, you said to others. Things you saw. So sometimes it comes from a natural thing that you have some tendency in your body towards something. Okay. And sometimes it's because when you grew up, you had the, you remember, have these fun moments from chocolate and, you know, your surrounding always were more into chocolate. Your family were more into chocolate or whatever. I'm, you know, I'm just filling in the gap. Yeah. Whatever probably you want to fill in For there. me, me actually, till I was probably like seven, eight years old, I couldn't, I couldn't touch chocolate ice cream i was like only vanilla remember one time uh my sister she like tried sneaking like she took a spoon she put some chocolate ice cream and then covered it with vanilla and tried <laughs> feeding it to me to like hi i got you you <laughs> ate chocolate ice cream and you liked it i just i just hated chocolate ice cream uh but then yeah i don't know maybe it was the age of nine ten or something like that i kind of like tasted it once i'm like oh it's not so bad and then it kind of shifted and now i much a uh, bigger fan of chocolate ice cream oh that's great so that's why you chose ice cream, maybe, maybe. Maybe I um, chose again, chocolate because my sister, uh, you know, you're right. Me she to. convinced you, yeah. and she influenced. Uh, you know, she got you into chocolate. Okay, so, and and I'm not. Well, I'm not saying something chiddush. I think it's something very simple to understand that every experience will come from one of these two. I don't know of any any other option, either your nature or your nurture, your surrounding. Right, and go into every topic. I I picked chocolate and vanilla, but any. But is it like? Isn't there some point of free will in it? Maybe not in every situation, but let's say, like I was saying before, is right. I like chocolate ice cream much more. So eighty percent of the time, I'm going to take chocolate. But every now and then, I'm also going to go for vanilla ice cream. Why would you? Why, go for why the would vanilla? I go for vanilla if I like it less? Because I like chocolate more. So why would I go? So isn't there yet that? Choice maybe because you know I also do like it so eighty percent of the time but every time I go so right 
I mostly like chocolate and I usually take chocolate, but I have that free will that sometimes to make that decision, no, I'm not going to take the one I like better. I'm going to go for the vanilla because whatever reason. But, it, it, but why like, is isn't that free will? Free... Why, when, you ch- when that 20% that you chose vanilla, you know why you chose vanilla then? Because you were not in the mood of chocolate. Maybe I was. Were you? Yeah. Go look into it here. I told that's why I, I told I you know. I'd I, love I, to bring I, I it to you. I didn't have a, in, in a while, but. One, one of the two would influence you. If you would turn then to the vanilla, you know, imagine right now, that's why I should have brought it. You know, when you, it feels like free will that you had a choice. No one was pushing you to one of the sides. Yes, something was pushing you. And if you chose the chocolate, which 8% you would do, you can tie it if you go deep into that, into it you'll tie it to some child experience or nature or your body was in the mood of a sugar nap, right? If I put something sugary as something salty in front of you, right? And you go for the salty. I can tie that to your body right now wanting more salty because it was a little bit over sugared and things like that. So in that case, it's an easy case for your nature just uh, um, caused it, okay? So there's something pushing you. And when you went for that 20% of vanilla, like back to our case, when you went to the 20% of vanilla, well, something else was pushing you. <laughs> you know, I, 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 conti- I would continue, just to answer you on you, what you just said, I would continue the experiment, okay? I would, you would choose a chocolate, then I would stop you and say, no, 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 no. Come on, practice your free will. And then you would go and say, you know what? I have an idea. I'll trick this guy. Um, I'm, chocolate vanilla chocolate you're about to take the chocolate your hand is right by there and then last second you switch it to the vanilla wow win-win no you know why you switched last second to the vanilla not to take the chocolate so you're influenced by me trying to trick you got it even when you thought you're gonna cheat the system i really wanted a chocolate but i'm against all will because i want to practice my free will quote unquote i moved to the vanilla well, that's because I challenged you and you want to trick me. So here, I caused you to go for the vanilla. This challenge caused you to go to vanilla. So you see the big problem over here? But, but what, if, what if you bring someone from some village out in Africa and he never had ice cream in his life mm-hmm. and you bring him into a store and chocolate and vanilla mm-hmm. and... Isn't that free will? Because there is nothing influencing him here. Okay. So let's let's go into that case. I, I'm willing to go in every case, but we're going to make a whole episode on that. <laughs> but here, take that case with, with Africa. I'll apply the same thing. It's kind of, yeah. He it's, doesn't it's... know what a chocolate and vanilla is. He has no idea. But it, he has some visuals over there, right? He sees brown, he sees white. So, well, and he's going to choose it based on that. So well, what if not? It's covered in chocolate. You know, these ice creams that you take it, take it and like you cover both it look in. identical? Both look identical. No, so then he's not choosing. Uh, he doesn't then know what he's choosing. Then it's just random. Yeah, I'm, I'm, without free will, without going into the discussion of free will, he's not choosing anything. Open the thing, let him choose. And let's see if that's free will. And I'm, the argument is it's not free will. It's still going to be based on like the color and the way it looks and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. If it's a guy from a village that never heard of ice cream, but and now the difference between the two is white and brown, he's going to, let's say, choose the white because back in his town, white is in Africa, white is looked as something more pure and beautiful. And so that pushed him to go for the vanilla. 
I'm telling you, you check it on every case. You just fill in the gap, go into it, and you'll see it's either influenced by nature or nurture. I mean, that's the essence of the question. I'm going like deep into the question that bothers everyone. I'm not doing anything. I'm predetermined. There's something that's pushing me. When is the real me? Okay, we need to discuss who's the real you. But, but what was, when is um, the real me making a turn? But but what if what if like they look identical, but you kind of like explain like, oh, this is, tastes more like that, or this is that, and you know, kind of you sit there and you know explain to him what the difference is. But it looks identical, smells identical, everything identical. You just like everybody's saying, if they just both look identical here, which one do you want? They're both different. Then there's just nothing to. He's just going to randomly choose one. It's not free will. It's just. There's two things. I'm going to take one and hopefully right, so I'm going to like asking, it. Let's take but, two cups but, of coffee, two empty cups that look identical, like two right, plastic so say, cups right, that so, are not different. Right. No. So I'm saying so So with the ice cream, like Rebbe was saying, if it's if they're, let's say they're both covered in chocolate and they look identical. So now him choosing one, even though, yeah, one is chocolate, one is vanilla. He's not choosing the chocolate or choosing vanilla because they both look identical. He doesn't know what he's choosing. Right. But I'm saying what if you do, they look identical, so there's no colors or no smells or nothing influencing him, but just kind of for him to understand the difference, you kind of explain to him, you know, the chocolate is more like this and the vanilla is more like this. This one's the chocolate, this one's the vanilla. Like what would be that? How would that be? How would it change this reality? Let's say I put two exact things, two plastic cups in front of you, identical. You see no difference. There is absolutely no difference, okay? And I tell you, choose one, okay? Based on what are you choosing? It's random. Random. Random is practicing your free will. I would ask the same thing. You do any mini mo, you know the any mini mo. You go any mini mo, and you're choosing it not because you like wanted it. It's just you went for one of them because you had two options. No, I what still if don't it was kind of what I was saying with the ice cream? What if Rebbe explains to me, you know, it's two different types of coffee. They look exactly the same. But Rebbe's like, oh, one tastes more like uh, some chocolatey. Uh, fruity pebbles that grown on the Himalay mountains from 2,000 years ago. And the other one is kind of some nice uh, Hawaii garden on the beach with and they look butterflies, identical. but they look identical. Okay, what would you choose? Uh, you just made a beautiful story. Hawaii butterfly on. one. <laughs> Hawaii butterfly one. Why are you going for Hawaii? And I'm going to go down this route. Ah, so I guess so now Why you're choosing, choosing based on the description. Exactly. So now mm-hmm. it's the two descriptions in front of you. And the description of Hawaii sounds better than you because you've never been to Hawaii. I mean, right? Nope. Oh, not yet. But uh, you've never day, been to day. Hawaii. But Hawaii always sounded from the stories a lot more like fascinating than the jungle in Africa. Oh, you said Himalayan Himalaya mountains, Himalaya yeah, mountains uh, which is much harder and, you know, resembles and you're in the mood of a chill now. So that mood of a chill made you go towards Hawaii because Hawaii ah, resonates with like some relaxing on the beach. OK, so again, something in your brain, either from your nature or your or your nurture, I, I'm giving I'm like cornering you. I'm putting you in the corner with this question. basically. We're putting ourselves, everyone is in this corner of like, wait, if everything comes, if we agree with the premise that everything comes from the nature or the nurture, where am I choosing? That's the fundamental question here. And it's a, that's why people are bothered. I think that's like the bottom line. People ask it in, in many different variations. And I'm going to bring the other variation of this question, which is very famous. Uh, people ask, 
more in the religious way of asking it based on what we said. If God knows what you're going to choose, so there's no free will. God knows your next move. Okay? God knows that, let's go back to the chocolate vanilla. God knows that you're going to choose the chocolate. He knew it, right? Because he knows he's not limited. So he knows the future. He knows the past. He knows the present. It's all the same for him, right? So if he knows what you're going to choose, so by you going and choosing, what did you do? You're part of God's plan, right? So you're just uh, 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 a figure in the game. You're a robot. You're, you're, you're programmed to do chocolate, right? And you're not doing anything. So where is free will? That's the other version of this question, which is the same. I think they're, they're the same question. Bottom line, asking, what difference do we do? What, what do you, what do you matter? Do you matter? If well, it's I'm all predetermined, you're just a robot. If everything is predetermined by God, like is it? And, does God know because it was predetermined and not like He's choosing for me what to do, or just kind of God knows the future? Like it could be yes, I have chosen, but God knows the future, so He knows what I'm going to choose. Excellent point. Exactly. So that's usually people like to answer and say, well, the fact that God knows, right? So he knows what you're going to do, but still, yeah, he's not choosing for you. Okay. We're going to explain. So we're going to go deeper into this point. Or, or it, and it that's not be... the answer of, of what we want to get to free mm-hmm. will. But that's what people like would say simply like, well, you don't, there's no contradiction between what God knows. That's a very famous answer. There's no contradiction between what God knows and what you're actually doing. Okay, so that needs to explain, and Mirza Shem, when we move on and try to explain this deeper. It could be be also that there's another way I heard a few times, I want to hear what Rebbe thinks about of explaining how God knows, is yeah, you're right, you know, you're choosing, but let's take, for example, me and Rebbe will go outside to the street, take a random person that doesn't know me and doesn't know Rebbe. Let's say Rebbe's going to offer me a cigar and a cigarette. Some nice smack Davidoff cigar, straight from the Dominican, or a cigarette. And now before I choose, you're going to ask this random person that we just met, and Rebbe's going to ask him, what do you think Israel is going to choose? Is he going to choose the cigar, or is he going to choose the cigarette? Is he going to know? There's no, there's no way for him to know. Right. Right. But if let's say we go to one of my brothers and Rebbe's going to pull out the same cigar and the same cigarette. And before I choose, Rebbe's going to ask my brother, hey, is Israel going to choose the cigar or the cigarette? Is my brother going to know? Maybe. Of, of course he's. I mean, yeah, he knows, he, he knows that I that he I smoke that cigars and I hate cigarettes. Right. So, of course, my brother's. How, how, what, how did this person know and that person didn't know? Because he knows me. He knows that I love cigars and I don't like cigarettes. Mm-hmm. But this random person that we just met in the street, he doesn't know. Like it could be I'm someone who hates cigars but loves cigarettes. So right. he has no um, you know, previous information on you. Exactly. And he know he has previous information, but you're saying it still didn't change anything in your actual action of going choosing the cigar. Exactly. Or the so so you could say that the reason 
that God knows what I'm going to choose because he knows me so well, even more than me. Like you're saying, you know, the nature and the nurture, what I was influenced by. He knows everything that's going mm-hmm. on in my brain and how I feel and the temperature of the room and the music in the background and the amount of people in the room and every smallest detail that is influencing my decision. And and that's how he knows. Mm-hmm. Could Could you say that? Could that be an answer? Okay, so I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you like this. Uh, the way I heard I heard it also a different story. So we'll bring these two stories and I'll try to, you know, uh, demonstrate on them. I heard another way that people explain that, like, imagine you're standing on a mountain, and there across of you, like on the other, there's another mountain that you see, and on one side of the mountain, no, so you're observing this faraway mountain. One side you see a car coming. And the other side, on the other side, another car coming. And the top, I'm sorry, you don't. we're not on video now, but on the top, it's like very, very, uh, um, you know, sharp edge over there on the top of the mountain. And now you see the two cars coming and they're going to... The gonna, top of a pencil. Exactly. And the two cars are, are going to crash. They're on a road, one-way road. And this guy's driving from here. This guy's driving from here. And you, only you, because you're standing from the side... You have this information that they don't know, right? They're bo- but they're both going to crash. So you know, eh, you're going to crash, but each one of them. So the fact that you know um, doesn't really help them. They're going and crashing right now, okay? So you see it happening. You see it coming. You see it coming. But it still didn't interfere for the action to come. Mm-hmm. That's the like very simple way. The way you put it in the cigars is a little bit more... You know, this has a, another little dimension for it that there's previous information. So, like the mountain is like right now. I have the I have the data. I see what's going to happen. I could predict it because I have this observation from the side. Now, the case of your brother, he knows he has this previous information that he knows that what you're going to choose. But yet, the, the the answer is that that people like to say is. You see, there's a difference. You're pointing out with these stories a difference between your actual action of going and choosing, uh, between the, the the information that God God knows about you. So it is it is some sort of an answer, and we're gonna see. We're gonna go back to it at the end when we really get. To, I would like to get to get to know. We're gonna get to know a very important foundation, a very important yesod. Before that, so somehow at the end, it will get to something close to it. But we're gonna we're gonna come with a with a different approach. So in a sense, yes, there's no difference. With, uh, there, you can separate between God knows and and what happened. Okay, but I don't think it fully answers it because for the simple reason. That I want to say that God is, the question is that God is actually doing it. You're, if you're a total robot. So it's not only that God knows. Actually, God is also like doing it, so to speak. You understand? I think the question is like still you're, not. You're the player, you know, you're playing Call of Duty and, you know, you're actually pushing the buttons and you decide if the soldier jumps or ducks when Beautiful. he shoots good enough when he gets into the car when he you know throws a grenade so oh 
No, look at the screen. The guy threw the grenade. You didn't. Right. You're just sitting on a couch pushing a button. He threw the grenade on the screen. Well, yes, right. He actually took it out of his pocket and threw it. But 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 I'm the one who made him throw it right. because I chose to push the button. If I would push the other button, he wouldn't throw the grenade. He would shoot. If I would right. push the other button, then he would run away. So yes, you're right. He's the one who's doing it, but I'm the one determining what he's going to do. Exactly. Exactly. So it doesn't really help me that you're separating between the action. Beautiful. I love the example you brought of a video game. Exactly. That's what I'm. That's my argument with this answer. Uh, this answer doesn't fully. It tells me this beautiful idea that there's a difference between the action and God knows. But hello, I'm asking that it's not only that God knows. It's not only that. I want to ask the question from the most basic, basic point of like, no, if God is doing everything, you see, this question is coming just because you. the more you understand God, like in the first episode, like we spoke, this question will will be a lot bigger. But God is doing everything. Like you said, it's it's not like the story I said with the mountain of uh, two cards are about to collide, or like you with the, the cigar, right? It's not that your brother is not in, he, you're making the choice and your brother just knows what you're going to do. Actually, imagine your brother's controlling your hands and he's going for the cigar. So it's oh, not you choosing. because he know that I would smack him if he would make me go for the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> joking, I'm joking, Avi. Different point, different <laughs> point. So that's why I think this question, this answer doesn't really fully answer the question. So you're separating between God's idea and the Bechira. So, so Rebbe's saying that, that that's how it actually is, or Rebbe's kind of asking, oh, what if it would be, or... I'm asking, I'm asking. Let's, let's get to know, but... But hello, does, doesn't God control also when you when those two cards are driving towards each other, or you choosing between the chocolate and vanilla? I'm asking that God, in the in the form of nature and nurture, made you choose that chocolate. So it's not even you. So it's not only that God knows you're going to choose the chocolate, and then we're like, oh, God will choose the chocolate. So what am I doing over here? More than that, God is choosing the chocolate. Through the form of nature and nurture, because he made you like that. So you're just a robot. If you're just a robot, who's controlling that robot? I only only God is controlling that robot, right? Robot doesn't have its own self. That's that's what a robot is. He's programmed. Who programmed it? God. You see the question? I like. But but I thought Rebbe's uh, what we were saying. What was it in the second episode? I believe that God gave us, you know, uh, to earn. You know, we were talking mm-hmm. about learning. So if God is choosing what we do and we're just a robot, then where does the earning part come in? Brilliant. That's what we are attacking. We are attacking everything. That's why I told you it's so fundamental. We are attacking everything we said till now. And that's how I, we started the episode, right? I said, so we know what God is, right? You know what the purpose of creation to earn, like you just said. And you know that he put Adam Marishan to choose between the good and the bad. Okay. So you need to choose between the good and the bad. That's the earning system. Once I choose between the good and the bad. But let's go into the work. And I kept on using freely choosing, choosing. He chose between the Wait, I'm questioning the choosing. I'm not choosing here. If I'm programmed, so I'm not earning. I'm, nothing is happening. I'm just a robot. Am I just a robot or not? People play with these ideas a lot. Some people even live with these ideas. They, they don't understand free will. They, they deny. They said there's no free will. 
right? And then based on that, you know, once you have, let's, we're still in the question, right? Stay in the question if you don't get to understand free will, right? If you won't stay here, stick around for the, in this episode for the answer, right? And what does Judaism teach us about this incredible Nikudas Abachira, which I'll explain the point of Bechira. If you stay in the question, a lot of people like that area because then you don't need responsibilities. And I'm going to go now, not, not off topic, but just I'm going to discuss what I heard a lot of people tell me. People that obviously, you know, they, they, you know, I understand them. They want to question everything, everything. They question their existence. They question everything. When it comes to free will, they say they got to a conclusion. There's no free will. Okay, what's the problem with that? Mr. what do you think? A, a guy that tells you, well, I decided, I, since I don't understand, we are all predetermined. Here, your question. Here, based on your question, that everything is controlled by nature and nurture. So it's, it's I heard a word, fatalism. It's the fate. Yeah, that's the fate. Fatalism. It is what it, it is. It happens. It happens. I happen to choose like that. Um, so that, I shouldn't mention that because there are some people that say this. That's a very dangerous approach to life. You know, I would be, you know, I, you know, I'm, this guy won't go and kill. Or he could be a very nice guy. But um, maybe he's nice as a, a nice guy, the guy that says this. But um, think how far you can take this. Let's just go extreme a second. Imagine everything is fate, right? So I have two problems with that. What about responsibility and blame? You, like that means if it, everything is fatalism, you can't blame anyone for anything. Because it wasn't him. Right. It was just his nature and nurture. Um, you can't, um, um, you know, you have no responsibilities for your actions. It's just, you're a robot. What do you want from a robot? So again, uh, sorry for going so extreme, but killing, yeah, why do you put him in jail? It was his faith. At the moment, he was angry, and his nature was telling him, go and kill. Well, he had the choice. Wait, you just you said that there's no real choice. Well, we should lock the guy because he's bad for society. Who are you to say that? Who are you? Why? It's, it's just It just happened. There's no, where's blame it's, it's and kind of like you're, you're like a dog, you know, if you hit a dog with a stick, so they say he's going to go attack the stick. He's not going to, he's going to go bite and sure. rip on the stick, not on you. So it's kind of, you're doing the same thing. You know, if something happens to you and you go attack that person for, I don't know, scratching your car, but you believe that we're all robots, which means that someone is controlling this person. So now you going and getting upset at this person who scratched your car is basically you're like a dog going attacking the baseball bat after someone hit you with the baseball bat instead of going and attacking the person who hit who just used the baseball bat to hit you. Right. Right. Because if you're saying, oh, he's a robot, someone else is controlling him, and then he scratches your car and you go and scream at him. Right. What are you doing? He didn't do it. Exactly. You, you just nothing. said that he He's didn't do stick. it. Beautiful. Right? So you see why it's a very da- dangerous area that there are people like this in the world. They say, no, there's no real free will. Free will. So they're going to tell you, obviously, you got to make society a livable place, right? So you're going to lock criminals that are going around and, and, and killing people. But really, 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 there's no, you, you can't blame. That, that's such a dangerous. 
what about what about the other direction? What about you, person, Mister Person, that's saying this? You don't need to take responsibility over every over anything. Why would you take responsibility of, you know, not to, not taking care of your kids, not taking care of your relationships in life? Why would you care? Why should you care? There's just abs- robots. You're I'm just, just a, a robot. robot. So who cares? So I I think that someone that says this definitely is in a dangerous and hot water and very dangerous area, very tricky, as they call as they say, a slippy slope. It's a very dangerous area, but more than that. What could you that, answer someone who comes up with this claim? Is there anything? Yeah, I would tell them that, first of all, it's a very dangerous idea idea to say. Very dangerous. Maybe not, you know, I'd be polite to the guy. Maybe not about you, but it's a very dangerous area. But it could lead to a very could lead. dangerous spot. Second of all, you will obviously, you won't take responsibility over a lot of things. But the th- what I really tell them, you don't really believe in that. Nah, you don't really believe in that. You do believe in res- deep, deep in your brain. You feel everyone, your body is screaming, your subconsciousness is screaming, and that of course humans have responsibility, and and humans are actually making a difference. Just we don't find you just didn't figure it out logically. You didn't listen to the, to this episode, <laughs> or you didn't look in in, in Judaism. What are the, what what our rabbis teach us about free will? But uh, I don't believe that. They really, truly believe they want to say it. It's a very helpful, quote unquote, tool to run away from responsibilities. I think it's not also responsibilities. Like if you did something bad, it's also if people do good to you, then you don't appreciate it or you don't thank them because, oh, it wasn't them. It was just just a robot bringing me flowers or bringing me cookies or helping me out to fix my car or whatever it is. Like it wasn't them. They're just... So it like goes both ways. Also right. no responsibility and also like you don't feel good. grateful to and thankful to anyone. That's a very good point. That's a very good point. So that was, you know, I just wanted to go off of what some people say, and I the simple way to to go with it that you no know, true I don't think they truly believe it. They do believe that there's some sort of responsibility here in the world to some extent. Okay, how much? Okay, that we can argue. And have a discussion about how much is responsibility over what do they have responsibility. That could be a discussion. But to say that everything is fatalism, everything is just a fate, dangerous place to be. And I don't believe that you really believe that because you yourself, to yourself, you you would, you know, you would wouldn't go and do anything you want. You would take responsibility over your actions. You know, and that's something that's the more you go into science, you know, there's a famous um Indian guy, I can't remember his name. So he argues all the time with atheists. He has a, I remember his name right now. And he always tells um, cold hearted scientists that say that, you know, religious is all nonsense and everything, and there's no, absolutely no higher power and everything. And he always challenges it. He says, Yeah, so explain to me subconsciousness. Explain to me. So, you know, I don't, you know, I, you know, He's uh he's I think a Hindu or something like that. So I have other problems with with his um ideologies, but in a sense he's pointing out to, to it's something he's pointing out to something that you cannot explain, right? There's something that's existing there that's there and pushing, and you cannot really explain it, you cannot measure it scientifically. Uh, so this is one of those things over here. Just you know, that I went off topic. This is one of those things over here that whoever says it's all fatalism, right? 
So you, you, you they're denying a very deep, deep uh, thing that humans have called responsibilities. And he, the guy himself blames all day, you know, his neighbor walked by and spilled his coffee, right? He yells at him in the street. Why are you yelling at him, man? Chill. It's just a robot that the equation, an equation knocked into you. Why are you getting so hyped? So he says, no, the, my equation is to get to get angry. Ah, so go, do whatever you want. And, you know, everything is so random and absolutely is not in your control. So go do whatever you want. Again, it's going to go Aren't into Aren't you this, going rob a bank? Yeah. You know? It runs into this rabbit hole. Okay, so I don't say that these people will necessarily do bad things, but you understand what a dangerous ideology that is. And why not listen to what the Torah says? Where is free will? And that's where we're trying to get to. Hey, everyone. I'm interrupting this wonderful conversation to let you know about a fantastic, one-of-a-kind book that Artskull has recently published titled On the Shoulders of Giants. Rabbi Shmuel Bloom, who was involved in leadership positions in Agadis Yisrael for over five decades, takes us behind the scenes to gain a unique understanding of Das Torah in all its glory. Rabbi Bloom met with Gedoli Yisrael at Moetz's Gedoli HaTorah and in quiet, urgent conferences. He chatted with them in cars and on Shabbos afternoons at conventions. He shares with us stories, many of them not widely known, of generations of greatness, from the Chafetz Chaim to Rev. Aaron Cutler and Reb Meisha Feinstein, from the Ger Rebbes and Reb Aaron Steinman to Rev. Dun Segal and dozens and dozens more. We also meet the Jewish people's Askanim. We are amazed by first-handed stories of Mike Tress and, of course, the incomparable Reb Maisha Sher. In his years in Agoda, Rabbi Bloom also met with the highest echelons of the U.S. government, and he shares his behind-the-scenes understanding of great political events and movements. It is a book you definitely should not miss. Get a copy today at archgirl.com, Amazon, or at your local Jewish bookstore. On the Shoulders of Giants by Rabbi Shmuel Bloom. Get your copy today. I would also like to let you know that every few weeks throughout the Back to Basics program, we are going to have a Q&A with Rabbi Liel Shalom. So if you have any questions or just want to get a little bit more clarity, send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com. That is jewishfoundations at gmail.com. Every Q&A, we are going to give away one free copy of the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. So... Send us your question to jewishfoundations at gmail.com for a chance to win the amazing book On the Shoulders of Giants. And now, let's get back to the show. Okay, so till now, we are in the darkness. We're in the doubt. We're in this big question that's really undermining everything we've said till now. So think about it. If we understand, I don't want to push this, pull this too much. Let's get to the point. But think about it. If you get to understand what free will is, make big cash right and i'm going to give a disclaimer free will is not out there it's hidden okay that's where we're going for so we're going to start i'm going to bring two imaginary cases but they could be could be cases okay but just for the sake of understanding um this idea of free will so take this kid um, that grew up in uh, Sicilia. That was, that, that was a country that was uh, in, next to Italy that had a lot of mafia. This story about a kid, make him a twelve-year-old kid. He grows up since he's uh, since he was born into a mafia family. Oh boy, what a mafia family! These guys kill for breakfast, and really, really, 
unfortunately, bad people. And that's what he's surrounded with. He's surrounded with cash and robbing, stealing, killing. That's what he's surrounded. That's what he grows up with. Okay. One morning, he's walking down the street and he sees this old lady. It's a beautiful, nice looking purse. And she looks very rich. And he says, you know what? I'm in the mood of buying a new, the new iPhone. Um, and that purse could probably get me the, the, the money, enough money for the phone. And he goes and he steals, he grabs, he rips out from this old lady walking down the street, barely can stand. He rips the purse out of her hand. Okay? It's bad, bad boy. Okay? He rips the purse out of her hand. And then he's about to pause. Okay? Stop the story. I'll continue. Now let's go to a different story. There's a the goody-goody kid. You know the goody-goody kid? The kid that's born into a wonderful family. And, you know, the father is a very relaxed person. And the son is just, you know, you probably know one of your friends. Uh, just look throughout your friends. You always have that one friend. He's a goody-goody kid. He always, he's a good kid in class. And, and you know, he's not up to trouble. And this goody-goody kid wakes up in the morning and he walks next to the living room and he sees his father sitting down and learning there, you know. And he thinks to himself, oh, Papa would be so happy if I bring him a cup of, nice cold cup of water. And he goes to the cooler, he gets a, a nice cup of water. And he's about to walk over to Papa and give him a cup of water. How wonderful. How beautiful. What a great kid. Wow, what a great kid, right? So he's on the way to the living room when suddenly, pause. Pause the story. Sorry, Israel. <laughs> I see you're very disappointed. <laughs> now tell me, Israel. Is the mafia kid a bad kid? Would you say he's a bad boy? He's a bad kid, bad person. No kid is bad. All, all kids are good. They, he's just doing a bad action. He's doing something bad. He's doing something terrible, actually. So why aren't you blaming him for that? Because I mean, that's the life he grew up in. He doesn't exactly. know anything. He doesn't. He doesn't know anything else. Right. Exactly. That's what he brought. It's not his fault, right? He didn't. I'm using the word choose it. He just grew up into it, right? Oh, he's doing like really evil actions right now. Well. He grew up into it, okay? He doesn't know anything else. He doesn't For know him, that's else. normal life. Go to the good kid. And now it's going to get a little bit more, you know, hiddish over here. The good kid that's doing a cup of water, that's giving a cup of water right now on the way to his father, would you call him a good kid? He's a good kid doing a great action. He's a good kid? Yeah. He was brought up like that. Bring. I'm giving you the same equation we just made by the bad kid. Bad person. I want to say if he's a bad person. Suddenly for him, you're calling him a good person. Why? Why are you giving him that free title? He gr just grew up as a good, good kid. He's a goody goody. He was born like that. He was raised like that. How did you get to the good? I'm trying to, uh, we're trying to change the way of thinking over here that um, by the good kid, I don't know how we're tripping the goody goody kid. How am I calling him goody goody? If it's because he's giving a cup of water to his father, he was also raised like that. I'm taking the same way of thinking by the bad, and I'm trying to apply it to the good kid as well. He was brought up like that. 
that's his surrounding. So all the good things he's doing, it's because he was brought up like that. But it's, he's not in, internally a good kid. He's a kid. Again, I'm just, we're starting a thought, okay? Don't get into any conclusions yet, right? But I want to say, just like the the, 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 the the mafia kid, you're not willing to say he's a necessarily a good person, right? By the good kid, I also don't understand, because he grew up like that, by the good kid, he also was brought up like that, and you can't attribute it to the kid. So you can't say he's a good kid because he's giving a cup of water. He was raised to give a cup of water. He was raised in his surrounding, his nature, his nurture is, is all good. You see the problem over here? Yeah. So I'll give you the secret. Secret is, the secret is it's a Gemara. It's a famous Gemara. Uh, are we at some point going to get back to the post stories? Yes. Oh, yes. Okay. I'm okay. about to get to it. I'm about to go back to the stories. Sorry to keep you for so long. Um, it's all based on the Gemara. The Gemara has one very famous line. Anyone that probably learned Gemara will be famous with this line. Akol bidei shamayim. Chutz mi'ira Beautiful. Everything is from the heavens. It's in free translation. Besides, oh, there's one thing that's not from heaven. Yira shamayim, the fear of God. Hmm? Interesting line, right? So people use it, use it like in the very, like, Maybe sometimes even without paying attention, we use it as like a kobide shemaim. You know, everything is from heaven. Don't worry, don't worry. When something bad happens to you, good happens to you. But there's something crazy going on with the second line, chutz mir shemaim. And I want to take the, I want to tell you, show you how these two phrases, kobide shemaim. Number one, chutz mir shemaim, introduce us to a really new idea. Everything is predetermined, says the Gemara. Everything. What you heard? You heard that, Israel? Hakol. Everything is, is predetermined. Wow. So everything. So the chocolate vanilla. Let's go back to chocolate vanilla. Predetermined. Oh, so the Gemara agrees with us right now with the question. Yeah, chocolate vanilla. It's Bidei Shemaim. You going to this store, Bidei Shemaim. You uh, choosing that friend, Bidei Shemaim. You eating, Bidei Shemaim. The way you look, obviously, Bidei Shemaim. Everything is predetermined. Everything, meaning this whole world is predetermined. We are robots. <gasps> it says Hakol. Everything. Chutz. There's one thing we're excluding. There's one thing that's out of the picture. What? The fear of God, Yerushalayim. What does that mean? Let's go back to the stories. Finally, now let's take the mafia kid. After he he stole the the, the purse, he was like in the mood of finishing off with like a nice punch. Sorry for the for this uh, horrible example, but I you know just for the sake of understanding, he wanted to punch this old lady. Just like to finish it off. That's what he does. That's what he saw. That's what he observed. Suddenly, midair, you can do it in slow motion if you have a, a lot of imagination. He's about to give the punch when it suddenly stops midair. And he's like, 
no, I shouldn't give it. Meaning his nature, his nurture, we're all screaming, punch the lady. Okay, why? Whatever reason. He saw the movie or whatever. <laughs> he was in the mood of doing it because that's what he observed. He learned nature and nurture. But then something stopped him. What stopped him? Well, I'm going to just for the, for the sake of you know, the imagination, he heard, he, he heard once a rabbi or someone told him it's really a bad thing. She's going to have hard feelings. That's really a terrible thing to do. God said not to do it. God said that that's not beneficial. Going back to last episode, God said it's bad. Okay, so because God said it's bad, that's why it's bad. So someone told him it's bad. And right there he stops and he's like, my nature, my nurture is screaming. I want to punch. But he stopped himself. Okay, okay. Assuming that that is the case, that he worked, he had like to sweat to stop that punch. Okay. In the imaginary story. Now let's go to the good kid. The goody goody kid is on the way to the living room, right? He's about to give the cup of water when suddenly there's a knock on the door and his friend is there, his best friend. And he's telling him, man, all all the guys are upstairs. Come for, for, for football. And he's standing there with the cup and suddenly the whole story has a twist. He's like, give the cup to father. Like, if he's not going to run now, he's going to lose it. Again, it's my imaginary case. And now he has this war. His nature is telling him what? Go do the right thing. Go good, give the cup of water. Uh, but my friends want to, to, he has that pull to not give the cup of water. And, and he's like in this war and he has this hard pulling to here and to there from the good to the bad. He's like, but then he's like, he remembers his rabbi told him, God said, it's a good thing to do, to give your father a cup of water, to honor your father. It's one of the biggest commandments. It's in the Ten Commandments. When you need more than that, he remembers his rabbi says. And he's like, in this war, he's sweating. Okay, I'm exaggerating, but he's, he's dripping. And then he's like, ah. Last second, he goes and he gives his cup, father a cup of water. His friend runs away. Okay? That's the story, man. Now tell me, is the mafia kid a bad kid? No. Now he's not. Imagine, now last point, last point of the story. Imagine he stopped that punch. And after he stopped, he says, you know what? I don't care. And he gave the punch. Okay. Now is he a bad kid? Now can you at least from now on, he started becoming a bad kid? Yeah. You would say, yeah, because he had a fight. He stopped himself because the rabbi said, and yet he decided to trespass, go over it. Okay. And now the goody goody kid is a good kid. Yep. What changed in the story? What changed between before I paused in the story and after I paused? What changed? Because now you see that it was also his mind. Like he went into thinking, oh, should I do this or should I do that? It wasn't just his 100% his nature and nurture influencing him. Right. So here, here, we, maybe we got to the final free will. 
again, it will be a question in a moment. But if some of you listeners are thinking about a question, hold on. There is one more question over here. Don't fully understand it. But so far, well, this is free will. Look, the guy had a war. He was at war between his nature and nurture or what God said. What was available for him, okay, at the moment that God said, right? The mafia kid remembered he once walked by a shul. Again, I'm making an imaginary story, but you can apply it to your life in your wars between good and bad. And you have this war between good and bad. And um, look, you're fighting the good, and necessarily in that case, is fighting the nature of the nurture. So what was the problem? We said in the question, you know, your nature and nurture is controlling you. Well, what if you're fighting your nature and nurture? What if you're fighting it? Hmm. That's a twist. No? Isn't that nice? But Rebbe was saying that fighting this nature and nurture is because he heard that rabbi uh, giving a speech. So it's also part of his nature and nurture. There you go. I was waiting for that question. That's the final question. You're telling me now. What, what are you asking? You're asking, wait a minute. The rabbi telling him God said it's also a, an influence. It's another influence. So to answer that, if again, this is hard to, to, to grasp, to hold in the head, okay? But you'll see it will make sense. Um, this last part that you're asking, well, when the rabbi suddenly popped in his head, it's also another influence because the rabbi spoke and he got excited from it, right? Well, then my question is, if it's just an influence, so why was it hard for you? Why were you sweating? Why is it so hard? If it's just another influence coming in, uh, I was influenced to there to punch the the old lady. Then suddenly, oh, the rabbi uh, said not to. So it should have been like easy. So I won't punch. That came in. Okay. Why is he having that terrible conflict? And anyone, again, I'm bringing these imaginary cases to bring out the point. I don't want to go into specifics because you can get really caught up in the in the specifics into the marshal and the parable. So that's why I brought this random case. But you can go into your life in the areas that you're really fighting between what the good and the bad. Okay, what did we define good and bad? Go to last episode. But once you have this war between good and bad, if you're in a war, okay, so we're in a very specific zone when you're fighting between the good and the bad. That says something. That's that in itself. It's telling you something. Why are you in a fight? If you just want to tell me, it's just two influences. This influenced me to do this now, my nature and nurture. And then the rabbi just randomly. So why are you in a fight? Two things that are influencing me. One is pulling me one way. One is pulling me the other. So now I have this fight between should I listen to the rabbi or should I listen to what I, you know, what my body's telling me because this is what I grew up and I don't know anything other than doing this. So now it's a fight. If it's just a hundred percent, you know, I didn't, he didn't hear the rabbi, right? He's just 100% grew up. It's like, go like, what's it like? Of course you want iPhone, you go steal a old Mm -hmm. lady's wallet and buy it. Like, of course that's, you know, simple. So now why didn't he have a fight then? Because there's nothing pulling him the other way, which means subconscious 100% is go steal. 
Right. But now, because the rabbi said, now it's not 100%, like we were saying with the chocolate, it's 80-20, or it could be at 60-40, or whatever the percentage is. So you have 60% is pulling him, go steal, and 40% is pulling him, don't steal. Right. Or don't punch and punch. So now, like I said, with the chocolate ice cream and vanilla ice cream, 80% of the time I'm going to choose the chocolate. Mm-hmm. But then 20% of the time I'm going to choose vanilla. Okay. Now, it's not so random. It's not like, oh, this or that. Oh, yeah, you know, just easy. Sometimes, hmm, what should I do? I don't know. Should I? 80% of the time I'm going to choose the chocolate. 20% of the time I'm going to choose vanilla. Why is it if I, and obviously like the bigger, you know, the bigger the percentages on one side or the other, the 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 Insults. harder or easier it's going to, that fight is going to be. But it's not just, you know, you could say, oh, like, so it's 60, 40%. So you have, let's say someone's offering you $1,000 and someone's offering you $1,500. What are you going to take? Of course, the $1,500. Mm-hmm. But here, it's not the same thing. Is it- One is to do, he said, this is good. He said, this is good. Mm-hmm. Now I'm choosing, but it's two completely different things. So I'm, I wouldn't bring the money example as, $1,000 or $1,500, I would say it's like a boxing match, right? You have two boxers. So obviously, if you put in a 12-year-old kid to, you know, and Mike Tyson, of course, Mike Tyson's going to win. Like, there's nothing to talk about here. But if you have two actual big challengers, one on each side, obviously, at the end of the day, one of them is going to win. But let's say, you know, Conor McGregor and Mayweather fight, it took 10 rounds. Oh, but Mayweather was much better because you see he ended up winning. So why did it take ten rounds? What if Mayweather is better? Why didn't he just knock McGregor out in the first punch? Because McGregor also knows what he's doing. At the end of the day, you're right. Mayweather's better. He knocked the uh, you know so he ended up winning the fight. The same thing here with the kid. Yes, you're right. What ended up winning was to give the punch, even though he stopped in the middle. Uh, why? Because it was a struggle. There was something. Mm-hmm. Pulling his hand why back. Why was there a struggle? But what do you explain mean? to me? Why was there a struggle? Why didn't McGre- Why didn't Mayweather knock McGregor out in the first punch? Because each each side, like you're saying, is very strong. Exactly, and the okay. same thing with the kid. There's a strong side pulling him to right. knock the women right. out, and there's the strong side, which is the rabbi pulling him the other way. Right. That's why it was a fight subconsciously between these two thoughts. Right. It wasn't like I said. If one is a tiny thought and the other one is massive. Of course, Mike Tyson's going to punch out the 12-year, I mean, 18-year-old who this, yeah, we went on Mike Tyson to go to jail for beating up kids. Not 12-year-old, 18-year-old, but a guy never, he can't even do two push-ups, right? Of course, Mike Tyson's going to, you know, knock him out in the first, why? Because it's not even a challenge. There's there's nothing fighting the other way. The same thing here. If he never went to the rabbi or it was just some... I don't know, some random guy, hey, beating up women is bad. But it had like no influence, some random guy saying it. It has no influence on him. Oh, but in his mind, he heard, right, but it's not a challenger. Beating up old women is Mike Tyson. Don't punch Mike Tyson. Uh, Don't beat up the old person. Is there some random guy who I heard one time in my life, some random guy, I don't even know who he is, some weirdo saying, oh, beating up women is is, is uh, So that wouldn't is be a bad. struggle. So that wouldn't be a struggle. Right. Why? So because it's it Mike is... Tyson versus a 18-year-old guy who can't right. even do two push-ups. So when is but, it a struggle? But when is it a struggle? He, you know, let's say he went to Shira and he listened to the rabbi and someone he respects, someone he knows, someone he trusts, and that person says, hey, it's not good to punch an old lady. Mm-hmm. But now... You have the, you know, everything he knows in his life, his father, his family, his brothers, 
everybody, well, you're going to say his father's a bad person. No, like, you know, every kid is going to defend his father and say his father. So now you actually have two solid challengers. One is Conor McGregor. One is Mayweather. So now it's a fight. Obviously, Beautiful. at the end of the day, someone is going to win. Beautiful. One of them oh, is stronger. Wait, wait, wait. But it's a fight. So wait, wait. Before you get to the winner, before you get to the winner, Beautiful. You're right. It's a major fight over here. Strong, powerful sources coming from both sides. Now, don't forget, in our answer right now, we want to narrow it down to only a fight between good and bad. Okay? So now, chocolate and vanilla is out of the picture. I'm getting to what you're saying, but I'm just like, like make it clear. The chocolate and vanilla is out of the picture. It's not a fight between good and bad. Chocolate and vanilla is predetermined. We That will be after the answer also. Yes. Chocolate vanilla is predetermined. Take that out of your mind. That you like think we you're said with the Hakobide Shemaim, Chutzmir Shemaim. That's Hakobide Shemaim. So the Shemaim is like the good and bad. Wait, wait. Before no. you get to it, but let's take it off the table that chocolate vanilla and everything that's similar to chocolate vanilla, that's not a, a fight between good and bad necessarily. If You know, if you find some good and bad within the chocolate and vanilla, Oh, you D, you know, Chalav Stam and Chalav Yisrael, and what should I do? Yeah, go go ahead with it. But um, all the chocolate vanilla examples are out of the picture. Hakolbi Deshamay. Okay, that's not our argument. There's no war between chocolate and vanilla. Okay, over there you're predetermined. Yes, you are predetermined. Maskana. That's the end bottom line for that. But let's go to the real bottom line. Real bottom line over here is. That when it's a war between the good and bad, and I love your example, you said, you said, beautiful. You said there's two strong forces on each side, and it's a real competition. But you know who I'm calling this competition between who and who? Between the good and the bad. Very strong forces. Okay, you have his nature or his nurture. That Let's go on the mafia kid. His nature and his nurture is this evil, uh, strong dude. Okay, standing there, the bad dude, and he's really strong. He's muscled up. He's his nature, he's his nurture. That's that's what's screaming, right? And then came that influence by the rabbi that made incredible impact on him. Okay, and he really had a clear understanding. One day, he woke up and he said, "What this rabbi might be right. This is immoral. This is God said not to do it. Whatever it is." Okay, but the good, the good, also became this powerful muscle guy. Okay, he's this very muscly guy. So now, the fact, uh, that's why I'm pointing out, it's all based on the war. So beautiful, like you described before, is there a war over here? They're going for 10 rounds? So so you take these two two boxers, and there's, like you said, 10 rounds. Go into the muscle or into your your own case that you're determining on yourself, um, dear listeners. Any case of your life that you're having a major struggle, a very clear struggle between good and bad something that's clear to you that's bad and that you're doing and you're and you know the right thing to do and you have that war there just from the fact that they're going for 10 rounds like you said what is it showing you that there's a major fight over here there's major pulse so there's a real two sides over here i want to say that there's it's not like the chocolate vanilla the real sides now and here comes the chiddush rav Dessler, and this is the whole point of the of the episode. Sorry, it took so long to get to this point. Rav Dessler says there's something called Nikudas Abechira, the point, the very point of Bechira. And he uses the word Nikuda because it's something very, very narrow. This Chutzmir Shemaim 
is a tiny point in our life that you can barely identify. It, hap- it happens. We're going to see how much. You, you, you'll be able to tell for yourself. I can't tell you. Right? Each one can say to himself, not even. We'll see. But there is this tiny point when, when you are in a real fight, when a real pull between the good and bad. There is a tiny point over there that when it was such a major fight, you push to one of the sides. There's this very tiny area that you actually made a difference. And that's where we're trying to say that free will. Okay? That actually, God, that was not predetermined. God, Kivyacha left it open. And now what I'm saying is, is hard to understand. But it's the only way to understand it. Could that little Nikuda Sabah? That little Nikuda, when change, you're in a real fight. Could it change the outcome of what's going to happen? That changes the outcome. That changes the difference between the good and the bad. When you had that incredible fight between the good and the bad, the good pulling to his side and the bad pulling to his side, and you're there in the middle, you're sweating. If you chose at the end the good, right? There is a tiny push that you made there towards the good from bad to good that is practicing free will but if you're saying that god didn't know nikuda sabahira like did god know what you're going to choose at that nikuda sabahira or he just left it open and he has no oh, idea so that you're taking me back to the back to, to the, the mountain uh, yeah. to the question so here comes this is the idea i want to lay and that's probably why it's so hard now you're going to understand why bahira khofshis is such a hard thing to understand why free will it's such a hard thing to understand. In order to make this, that a man actually makes a difference when he has a fight between the good and the bad, he had to do something, he had to, Hashem, had to pull himself out of it. Hashem controls everything. He does everything. But you remember that Hashem could create a rock that he cannot lift, he couldn't can at the same time? So we're using that same idea over here. God. The same way he influences everything and he determines everything, there's one thing that he won't determine. You choosing him. And now it doesn't come every day. It's a very tiny, minute area when you actually made a switch. The the, the fight was incredible between the good and bad. And then you made like a little tiny push and the, the good outcome came out. Not because it was influenced. Not because the good influence came up because if the good influence just came up it should have been that hard that's the argument over here that's what a lot of people have a hard time to like accept the fact that you had a a a war is showing me it's not just like oh influence in here influence there so why was it hard if it's just an influence it shouldn't be hard if you're having a hardship it's not just one influence there are two things influencing you and kind of those two influencing are fighting each other type of thing. No, uh, I, I should have mentioned that before. I'm sorry. I should have mentioned before. It's not exactly like the two fighters over there, right? Because you got to say you, that the nature of the nurture, based on the first premise that we said, it's all predetermined. That's like kind of the flow, right? His, in the case of in, in the two cases that we brought, in the case of the mafia, it was easy for him to go and punch. That was his nature, his nurture. Okay? That was going on and doing it. And that because I showed him the not, bad to the good. Because, and no, by the because good kid, there was nothing to challenge that nature. Right. 
Once the challenge came in, he had a fight. Why is he having a fight? I'm just pointing out very clearly to why did he have a fight? So it's not exactly like we described the two just randomly happened to be very two strong guys fighting each other. That's not exactly the point over here. Point over here is that there is the flow. There is, and to the good or to the bad, there's a flow. His nature is his nurture. And once there's a fight on that nature and nurture, right, coming from one thing, very, I'm very specific, because if it's anything else, it's not a practice. It's just an influence on another thing. But when it's a choosing between good and the bad, and you're doing it just because God said so, and that is fighting your nature, your nurture, that's when you make your money. It's a very narrow area for free will. You, you see? Most of the things you can say, that, we, we don't that really tiny dot influences what, if we say God knows what the outcome is going to be, but he kind of steps back that Nikuda Sabahira, that's that of free will, mm-hmm. and that, that of free will, which God, so to say, isn't involved with, it's just up right. to me, that that is going to determine if I'm going to choose one way or another, then how how does God know what I'm going to choose? How does God know the outcome if he doesn't know what I'm going to choose in that Nikuda Sabahira, if the Nikuda Sabahira is going to determine what the outcome is going to be? Right. So over here, the answer that we said before, that there is a separation between God's, God knows, again, we need to understand also what God knows means he's more than that, right? And God interfering in the job so now after we appreciate, we know exactly that answer is coming. Like I told you earlier, that answer, we will use that concept. But after we know specifically exactly where is the fight happening, the fight is only happening when your nature and nurture is telling you to do one thing. And then this God coming and trying to fight that when, you're, when God's word is fighting your nature, your nurture, when there is an actual sweat and the only way to... to to wait, that free will is that sweat. I call it the sweat. I just use it for like to understand it. That sweat, that turn that you made from the, uh, that, you know, like that turn from the bad to the good, that little tiny sweat. It could have been, again, like we said, everything is influencing besides that little, little tiny point of you turning. If we can find in your life some point that you turned from the bad to the good, that's what counts. And now you're telling me, oh, but God knows. So that's that's why there's two parts for this answer. Yes, the fight is between the good and bad. But also, in order to make that, God had to, Kaviyokal, remove himself away from that. Meaning the only way that free will happen is because God removed himself away from that area of you. He left you some room. Just to, but to to really, what I'm saying is is uh is in a way simple to understand. Think about it. If God controls everything, there's no room for us. So if His whole purpose is for us to earn, He had to make room for us. How would He make room for us if He's everywhere there? I'm using a, a common logic, right? Right. Yeah. He must be there some point that He removed Himself away from it. Where did He move it? Where and which point? Yerushalayim. The second you have the fight between the good and the bad, and you're pulling yourself towards that influence. Yes, at the end of the day, it's also the rabbi told you. But th- there is a pull 
that you pulled yourself. If there's a pull, if you didn't pull, if suddenly the good pulled you by itself and you didn't have any war, that's what, we said. what I'm saying is a big chiddush. If there's no war, there's no free will. You hear what I'm saying? That's what we're saying. That's a That's why it's described as fear of God. Is that crazy turn that you had to from the bad to the good, and you actually—that's when actually you made some difference. Otherwise, it's all influences. But that little point that you turned, God Himself, God took that point and moved Himself away from it, and says, "You know what? This is yours." So that is it for today. Hope you enjoyed. Hope you were able to learn something new. If you liked today's episode, share it with a friend. Subscribe and leave a comment letting us know what your favorite part was. Thank you very much for listening. Hope you have a wonderful day. See you again next week.